My name's Brian, and today is Tuesday, December 5th, 2023, and this is episode 582 of the Lots Project Podcast, where we're defining norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled, Things to Consider Before Full-Time RVing, and I'm just going to go down through a little list of things that that you might want to ponder before making that decision, before spending any money or a ton of resources deciding what you're going to do if it isn't right for you. But first, let's grab a cup of coffee, catch up on what's going on in the live chat, and we'll dive into that topic in just a little bit. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, MSU Rifle. How we doing? And Rewilder Life. Good morning. Thank you for uh, hit that like button. I appreciate that. Appreciate it for sure. Ah, more Ethiopian light. Gotta love the Ethiopian light. I... Um, I was going to uh, send a message to Brian yesterday. I was thinking after I was talking about the Ethiopian light, how much, uh, how clean and crisp it is. I was going to see him if he wanted to uh, possibly source some pea berries. And then I remembered he said, um, he said you couldn't roast pea berries in an, uh, in an air roaster. And then uh, uh, we got some conflicting information on that. So I should revisit that with him and see if, uh, see if pea berries are an option. Cause um, man, the, the light roasted pea berries were uh, one of my favorite when I first got into coffee. So, morning, Jim. Thanks for swinging in. Hope everything is going on going well with you. Uh, but no, uh, probably another rest of the week of Ethiopian. So that's good. I really, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that. I think I'm going to follow it up with uh, another silver bullet blend. And um, I just, uh, for that fact, I saw yesterday Brian posted around on social media. Uh, in Telegram, I shared it over to my Telegram group. I saw it on Facebook and shared it from his page on Facebook. But he's doing a special on the new Thanksgiving blend that he sent out. The the Thanksgiving morning blend I had on the show that morning, the morning after on Black Friday. Um, he made it an official blend. He has a, a label for it. He's put it on sale on the website. And currently, if you... Um, if you mention Telegram, Facebook, um, anything in the comments, tell them you listen to this show and you heard it on this show, you will get an extra pound in. So at buy two, get one free for this holiday season. Even if you don't like coffee yourself, send it off to a friend, uh, uh, someone that you need to get a, a holiday gift for. And man, the price, you can't beat it between the price of the coffee being super reasonable and then um, free shipping. And a buy two, get one free. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer for somebody that you know that likes coffee, likes different coffee, or uh, or should try some uh, some better coffee. Give it a shot. Foodforcefarms.com. It's, uh, it's definitely a good deal. Um, what did I get? What did I get uh, yesterday? Yesterday. Uh, get done yesterday. Man, I've been feeling, feeling like crap lately. The last, um, what is our Sunday, I think? Sunday uh, into yesterday and a little bit this morning, just um, a little off, a little off. And uh, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure if it's uh, the change in here, um, if we have uh, a little bit of moisture issue and um, 
and the wood stove smoke or if I just caught something when we were out and about. But uh, congested and a um, little bit of a sore throat and chest congestion and stuff like that. So hate to say it, I might uh, I might have to survive the the vid again if that's uh, if that's the symptoms de jour this year for uh, for whatever strain it is. But we will see. We'll see getting fluids and getting rest and we'll see if, uh, if I can pull through it and, uh, and 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 be all right, not miss any shows like last year when I got sick and missed, um, man, missed a week, <laughs> missed a week. I think I was, I was out for a week or two weeks. That was, uh, that was pretty rough. This doesn't feel, um, like that. And I didn't immediately crash into bed and not get out for three days. So that is good. That is good. Um, we know how these things work. They get, uh, they get more contagious and less, less dangerous. So We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. It's um, waking up in the morning. I've been feeling better than I've been when I'm going to bed at night. So I think getting the rest is going to help. And uh, we'll power through. We'll power through. But if you show up, uh, if you show up sometime this week, if you start, um, if you show up at some point this week and the show isn't here uh, at about five after, because sometimes I start a little late. Uh, yeah, it might be because I'm a little ill. I'll try to get out and put messages out so uh, so no one shows up. But uh, I think we're gonna make it. I think we're gonna make it. Rewilder Life says did that did it the week before Thanksgiving. Start those herbs and vitamins. Yeah, you know I'm not feeling well when I start asking Corey instead of having my second coffee, uh, French press in the morning. If I want more, um, if I want some more hot. Um, if I want some more hot tea or coffee like that, I start asking her for the um, uh, <laughs> uh, watching or um, drinking more of the the feel better tea, the sore throat tea and things like that that she has. So when I skip the coffee and go for that, for that second hot beverage, um, Jim says, say hi to my girlfriend, Kathy. I believe it's Kathy. She's watching with me. Well, that's that is wonderful. I, I appreciate you bringing someone else on board. I hope they enjoy the show. Um, if they like you, they they should like the show. We're all quirky and weird here too. <laughs> uh, anyway, what else is on my coffee chat list today? Before we get to the topic of the day, uh, got out yesterday. Did a little running around. Got uh, got those keychains mailed. Thanks, Rachel, for throwing in an order. Uh, and the other young ladies on uh, on Etsy that dropped uh, that uh, ordered up keychains. We have, I believe, nine left. I think we're down to nine already. Um, <laughs> um, I think we're down to nine, which is is pretty cool. We. Um, we put those up. We we found them. I didn't really know what was going to happen. We we did pretty well, I have to say, with the the rabbit foot keychains on Etsy from the time that we started doing them. Uh, that was a really really good seller for sure. <coughs> and um, yeah, so we just thought we'd list them up there, and it's um it's going well. Obviously, in the first couple of days, we got gotten down to almost half of our stock gone. So I'm excited for that and uh, get them out of here. But uh, went to the post office and and got those on their way. Rachel Rachel says she needs uh, patch ideas for her new jean jacket. If you uh, didn't hear the episode last week, Rachel had uh, in I believe it was junior high um, had her jean jacket stolen that had her pins and patches and things on it. So 
her ordering the, the rabbit foot keychain is going to throw her back into uh, into that 80s jean jacket mode, and she's going to get a new one, and it's going to be fantastic. We'll, we'll definitely need pictures. And so if anybody has any uh, ideas for patches for Rachel, let her know in the comments or over in the Telegram group. Um, I got out. I had to go get... Uh, had to go get mailing supplies. I tell you, when we were on the the homestead, we sold so many things in the little bubble mailers. The I think there were three by three by six, maybe. I can't remember. Um, I can't, it's Rachel says she's having a midlife crisis and she's got to get her jean jacket again. <laughs> Better than a Ferrari, I guess. Uh, we had these little bubble mailers and we used them for everything. We mailed uh, uh, rabbit foot keychains in them. We mailed com free orders in them and we got sick of buying them. So we ordered a huge box, like a thousand, I think it might've been a thousand. It might've been 5,000, whatever the, whatever the significant decrease uh, in price came, we knew we were going to sell a lot of this stuff and, or we had hoped. And if not, the it made the price so insignificantly more to jump that level. We just had a huge box of uh, these little bubble, bubble mailers. So it wasn't a second thought to list stuff that, that would fit in them. We left them at the farm or sold them. I don't remember which, uh, which pile they ended up in. But uh, I, I went to, I, I listed the, the keychains and then I went, I don't have anything to mail them in. So I went and grabbed some mailers at the, the Dollar General. And while I was there, uh, Corey said, hey, pick up um, pick up some muffin tins. And it seems kind of an odd thing. But we had seen a, a life hack on TikTok or Facebook or someplace where you can buy the generic muffin tins at Dollar General or Dollar Tree. And pop the muffin cups out of the sheet and use them as individual ramekin tins in like your air fryer. Uh, so now they're not in a big grid. You uh, actually just have the muffin cups and they sit inside each other. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, I'll try it. I'll try it. I was, uh, I was, <laughs> I was thinking I'm going to make a video about it, but yesterday after work, I didn't feel the best and I really wanted to see if it works. So we popped a couple out, but man, it worked fantastic. Um, we're wondering if the edges, the edges seem pretty sharp when they pop out, but, uh, and if we can buff them or put, um, put something on them to smooth them out and make them less, less uh, sharp. But basically they're such a cheap thing that it looks like the, the muffin tins are made and then they just sandwich them in between two pieces of, uh, of really thin metal. So when you start rocking it back and forth and bending it and, and putting pressure on the muffin tin, the muffin tin actually pops out of its little groove that it sits in, that it's getting compressed into. So that's interesting. We'll, uh, we'll try those in, uh, in the air fryer and see. They, uh, they're going to fit really well, I think. Uh, good morning, Clark. How are we doing? Thanks for swinging in. The, the, we got down... Um, <sighs> Rewilding Life says, wait, you have an air fryer? We uh, we picked one up and we only use it when we have shore power or if we have the generator on. We can't we can't run it on our batteries, just like the air conditioner. It it's a it's a it's a power hog. Um, 
power hog enough that we don't basically we cook with a propane stove is is what we use when we have shore power or the generator running or i guess during the day we can get enough um we can get enough sun to uh we would be able to to compensate the air fryer but as far as batteries it would suck it just sucked too much of the battery to run it so yeah that's definitely a supplemental power item <laughs> but when we were down in texas um i got to experience using one almost daily and so we picked one up and we did some testing on it and realized that it was too much for the batteries but then uh, we were going to hold on to it because there's plenty of opportunity to pull the generator out or places where we stop that have um shore power it came in handy for sure it's 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 quick and easy to cook and um yeah yeah it's it's all right it's all right we haven't thrown it out yet for sure we use it now now that we're staying someplace that we plug in and has super cheap electric we uh we use it quite often to cook since um we don't we haven't really used the oven here i don't think we've ever turned the oven on in here uh, we use the stovetop uh the oven is a um is one of those light you light the pilot every time you use it kind of ignite the ignite the stove and we just haven't gotten around to messing around with it it's super tiny so really any I don't even know if most of our stuff fits in it, like our pans, would they? Huh? Corey didn't even keep any of our uh, our baking mm -hmm. pans, our uh, our stove pans, because a uh, when we were first planning this trip, this trip, this journey, uh, we were planning to stay in warm places, and we, as much as we noticed the camper warming up when we used the stove top. Uh, can only imagine baking something in there and uh, and the the heat rays in here. So, yeah, we have an air fryer. We have an air fryer. We like it. Um, you like it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, we use it to reheat a lot of stuff because we don't have a microwave either. So that is that's kind of like our uh, our modern cooking technology all in one. Is it's a replacement for our microwave and our oven. So. It is, uh, it is what it is. I know I saw you talking to Sean in, uh, in that telegram group about, uh, about air fryers and, uh, I almost chimed in, but I don't think we're seasoned air fryer pros yet. We've just, uh, we've just scratched the surface. Um, Rachel says, yeah, our camper oven is so tiny. We use it for storage. I need to get into that air fryer thing. You, I mean, I, I think it's quick and easy. Even even I can use it, and and uh, a lot of things now are coming with air fryer directions. Um, as far as prepackaged stuff, uh, Corey and I, with our new um, goal of getting health conscious, are gonna, probably going to be going more away from packaged stuff. But you really, it helps you get the feel of. If it's this in the oven, it's this in the air fryer. If it's this in the microwave, it's 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 this temperature and time in the in the air fryer, and um, <laughs> and so you kind of get accustomed. It's not quite the same. And uh, Jim says carnivore. Yeah, we'll heat our meat up in the in the air fryer. Uh, but yeah, leftovers. That's that's the big thing when you don't have a microwave and you don't use your oven it's hard to heat up leftovers in a fry pan. Well, not, not, not all leftovers, but the, a lot of leftovers, you're, you're, you're spinning your wheels, heating it up in a fry pan when you can just pop it into the air fryer and, and bam, it's done. So 
that's what we do. That's what we do. Um, <laughs> Rachel says, even I can use it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was a grill guy uh, growing up. Uh, I, I grilled uh, for the family once I was old enough to old enough and tall enough to get the grill lid open. I was out there grilling. So, yeah. Uh, yesterday, uh, I hope I hope. Um, oh, it looks like we got a bunch of the muffin tins left in the thing. Uh, maybe I'll be able to get another, I'll be able to get a video of popping some out and then uh, more of using it. Uh, but yeah, dollar store muffin tins turned into uh, into baking ramekins for sure, for sure. Um, other than that, ah, tomorrow, I'm going to put these on tomorrow's list. Uh, the neighbors put out their decorations. Uh, if you've listened for any amount of time, You've probably heard about our neighbors around the corner that have the yard decorations all year round with the uh, with the Halloween theme, I guess you would call it. <laughs> Their Christmas decorations are out, and I will share tomorrow uh, what they look like. Maybe uh, maybe be able to get some pictures. Mm, I don't know. Maybe not today, but soon, soon. Uh, anyway, let's move on to that topic of the day. Today's title was things to consider before full-time RV living. I, um, I've been thinking about, I wanted to bring that back as an episode. I think we've done it, uh, kind of our process, what we went through, how we decided what we were going to do. Uh, but it's been sitting in the back of my head since I've gone back to, um, using my personal Facebook and seeing a lot of the groups I joined, because I'm not on the business page. And for some reason, a lot of the groups you can't join as a page. So as I get back into using my personal Facebook to do some things, I'm seeing my full-time RV living, my nomad groups, and and um, it scares the living shit out of me, some of the posts I see. Some of the people that are are six months into their their launch and their their wondering things that I couldn't even fathom not considering before you decided to launch. So that's been sitting in my head for the last couple of weeks as I've been as I've been browsing these groups again, like the feeling came back. It hasn't changed. It wasn't a it wasn't um I guess I was I was hoping that it was like a COVID emergency. Like people were popping out they were jumping into this lifestyle because they had to or because they rushed into it or because whatever reason. And no, it's it's still just, you know, I I don't get it. I don't get it. So I wanted to bring back um, the topic of things to consider before you do this. And so we, I did that. I just I laid out some questions and kind of discuss them, what I mean by the questions and and maybe uh, weigh in with what we decided and then some of the other options, I guess. Uh, first, first question really that that comes to mind is, why do you want to do it? Why, why do you want to live full time RV, whether that's um, nomad, uh, wandering around stationary on a piece of property, um, sit and move, uh, moving around. But there's a lot of there's a lot of different reasons you'd want to do it. Um, em empty nesting. I I talked to uh, I interviewed uh, a woman that was full time RVing that 
she was just alone. She was alone and it made sense. She, she packed up and moved into her RV by herself and took off. And she's enjoying that by herself. She was empty nest. There was, uh, there was nothing holding her back. She was kind of in retirement mode and by herself. And she had a house. A lot of people will downsize into, say, uh, a townhome or something like that. Jump in an RV and, and, and travel around. And you can snowbird and you can do what you want. You can go where you want. One option. Um, another one would be relocating where you're leaving um you're heading somewhere you don't have anywhere to stay when you get there or it's going to be a long cycle maybe your house is being built and it's going to be a year or who knows having some place to stay that's yours instead of a long-term um a long-term stay rental or uh, a hotel room or renting a house maybe there isn't that option in the area um it's a, it gives you an option option for relocating uh just adventure seeking do you want to are you out just are you out to uh change your life and and go on an adventure are you in uh in that transitional phase in your after college after high school after in that early phase of your life where you're not really settled down and you want to go exploring you want to have fun you want to take that trip through backpacking through europe instead of backpacking through europe go explore your country um full-time in an rv or van or schoolie or whatever like that um, some of the other reason, uh, save money. Some people want to save money. They want to get out from underneath maybe a huge mortgage payment. Uh, maybe they can buy that trailer. They can, um, figure out places to stay. Can it save you money? Absolutely. Will it necessarily automatically save you money? No, no. There's a lot of planning that goes into it to, uh, to really, to determine whether it's going to save you money um, in the short and long term. So those were the kind of the things I, I, I why um, I don't think I don't think a uh, the reason if you say, oh, because I saw some people do it and it looked real fun. Um, I think you want to have some more solid reasons than that. It is definitely it is definitely a, a life-changing decision. And whenever you make those life-changing decisions, it can be good or bad. If you do it for the right reasons, it can be great. If you do it for the wrong reasons, it could be a disaster and you wish you never did it. And there's some significant things that go into it that if it's the wrong decision, you, you made a big boo-boo. You made a big mistake. So good morning, Blakesley Acres. Thanks for swinging in. Appreciate it. Uh, so why you want to do it that that would probably be the first question i'd have to ask um next question is is how long are you planning on once you determine you're going to do this why you want to do it um and it it makes sense for you to do it really think about how long you want to do it if you're relocating is it a year um i think planning the length of time is definitely it, it plays into the equipment you're going to buy the plans you're going to have the places you're going to stay if you're going to be traveling around um really having a grasp on how you long you want to do this i didn't i didn't tell you guys uh our answer to the first one why we wanted to do it relocating and adventure i would say um would be our our two reasons 
We wanted to get out of Minnesota. We wanted to get out of the cold. We were going to randomly pick someplace and go. We realized that we didn't, that wasn't uh, wise, that we neither of us had been where we were going to pick. We figured um, in the relocation process, we were going to need someplace to stay because our plans were to buy raw land, are still to buy some raw land and not having someplace to stay when we got there, we were going to need someplace. We were going to need someplace that had its own power, had its own water. Um, we were going to need to be able to set up like we were boondocking, say, on, on federal land once we had our property. Once we realized we were going to have that shelter in place before we went and we were going to bring it with us, we had a, a, one of those moments where we, we figured out that we didn't need to go to one place. That since we were going to have to build out this mobile home, this, uh, this, uh, this, this temporary home to go there and build our new future, that why don't we take the time to go explore and actually find someplace we wanted to be? And as that's progressed, we realized that we probably want more than one of those places. That we want to stay small. We want to um, build things and develop things on these properties that uh, we can come and go and uh, and have those in our back pocket, but still travel and still enjoy. I think um, in the end, what this looks like is we have a few properties here, there, and around the country. We have a network of people that we've worked with that uh, that are all over the country. And we'll sit down for uh, for a, a season or four months or six months, travel on to the next, whatever's going on um, in our lives, uh, bounce back and forth between them. And maybe we fall in one in love with one and we end up staying there and the rest are just supplemental properties. So that's kind of what it's looking like for us um, as far as 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 why we wanted to do it and how long we want to do it. I think we'll always have. Um, a mobile solution for our, our life, whether we have static, um, uh, standalone buildings, whether we have, um, you know, little shelters where, where we have properties, I think we'll always have uh, a method of transportation that we can live in to hop between them and to go see other people. And, um, and whether that's a van or a small RV or a, a schoolie or multiples, we don't know. We don't know how that plays out. But that's the that's kind of the the vision for us answering those two questions. But as far as how long you want to do it, maybe it's a year. Maybe it's a determined amount of time that you have to do this. Um, man, you can get away with a lot when you know there's an end. Like you can you can get through a lot of uh, inconvenience or things you didn't realize, things you didn't plan out. Um, if it's over budget things, you know, you can get through a lot when, um, when there's an end in sight, uh, when you, when you launch and you are doing it indefinitely, when you don't know when you want to be done, you really want to make sure you, you go through the motions and, and get yourself in something that you're comfortable with, uh, that you, that you like, that works for you. Jim says exit strategy, and that's actually on my list. That is, that is, says, uh, my notes say, how long do you plan to do it? Exit strategy. Um, 
and maybe you don't have one. Maybe there's no, maybe there is no exit strategy. Maybe it is an indefinite and maybe you want to live your, live that, um, live on the edge where you don't know, you don't know what you're going to do next. Maybe this is that adventure that you're taking and you're going to let it play out by itself. Maybe you, uh, maybe it's a, a retirement goal. Maybe you want to go travel around for f- say five years and then have some place to settle down for the rest of your retirement. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but at least think about it. At least consider it. Have an idea uh, if it's a long-term thing or a short-term thing. It could really play big into uh, what you uh, you do for equipment and uh, planning. So that was next on the list. Uh, one thing, uh, another thing you want to consider is um, it goes along with with why and where you're doing it. Um, there's several different ways you can do full-time RVing. Full-time RVing doesn't necessarily mean uh, a nomad wandering around weekly, daily, uh, monthly. There's plenty of people that are full in full in RVs full-time stationary, uh, whether that through be through um, something financial happened and they needed to as an emergency um mentioned a bunch of times before already that you bought you purchased uh, a property that didn't have a structure on it you need some place to stay until you to you um erect your structure maybe you just think that it's uh the best type of structure to live in uh it is what it is so you can have stationary you can be mobile um, you can be traveling all the time. You can travel daily if you really, if you really want to, uh, or weekly or bi-weekly, uh, you can make your way to events, uh, and, and hop between those and take, uh, take trips in between, or you can do what we've kind of settled into the pattern of is taking, taking a, a month or two to travel somewhere a week at a time, and then sit down for a few months, sit down, evaluate, and um, that really plays into what we wanted to do, really evaluate an area temporarily, but for a long enough period of time that we we know if we want to own something here. So that's how we ended up in Tennessee. We knew we didn't want to be in Minnesota. We knew we didn't want to be in uh, in USDA zone three. Um, we didn't we didn't want to do that winter anymore. We also understood that we didn't want to be in Texas in the summer. Like that isn't a permanent location for us. Um, and so we built our strategy for 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 traveling <coughs> around the fact that we wanted to find some place where we could sit down, we could experience multiple seasons, uh, maybe go and come back, which we did. Uh, we found a great spot here to to stay. Uh, in Tennessee. And so we've experienced uh, the majority of summer, enough summer to know that if we had to withstand it, if we had to be here during it, it would be okay. We could manage. Um, and now we're we're riding through a winter. So not prototypical nomad, not, uh, not, not traveling all over all the time, but we're accomplishing our goals. And if we pick up a property here, maybe we sit another year. But everything in the back of our minds is we don't want to stop doing this um, anytime soon, anytime soon. Even if we even if we grab up a property, this is something that we enjoy doing. We enjoy the traveling, um, the the adventure of it. 
and uh, and seeing the country and exploring new places and finding new places for another property. It's it's all a big hunt and all a big game for us. No, it's not a big game, but um, you know, it's uh, it's a, it's 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 uh, putting that strategy together to figure out our end goal. So I would consider us a, a kind of a hybrid, um, a hybrid model where we we sit for a while, then we travel for a while, then we sit for a while. So there's everywhere from just sitting to to traveling all the time and everything in between. So really think about what you want to do. That's another uh, factor that's going to come into equipment. Uh, what kind of trailer you're going to buy? What kind of um, what kind of transportation you're going to use? What you're going to use to tow it? Whether you're going to buy new, used, uh, remodel it? It goes down the list. That that all that all plays into what you're going to want to do with that. So um, that's uh, that's something to consider. Um, where you're going to stay it kind of comes along with that. If you if you like the campground thing, the KOA thing, the Jellystone Park with the the uh, rows and rows and rows and rows of RVs with the amusement parks and the playgrounds and all the people. Um, or you like boondocking out in the desert on, on public land for free with no amenities and no electricity and no water. Um, and then everything in between there where it's your own personal property, where it's, um, it's, it's maybe until you get water or you get power or whatever, but it's your property. You're, you're by yourself. Um, there's no one to bother you. And then you can also look at, um, peer to peer, uh, peer to peer camping sites where you're, you're finding people on hip camp or campendium or harvest host that are opening up a spot at on their personal property where you may have hookups you may have amenities and you may not but it's uh it's more of a private setting it's um lower key it's laid back uh, uh, mostly i should say you can find anything you want you can find any any type of of um of situation to park that you want from isolated completely to uh, neighbors on top of you and, and, and all of that fun. Our personal choice was to get away from all of that. Um, we left the city before we bought our farm because we felt very in, enclosed and entrapped. We didn't like what was going around on around us and we didn't really have any control. Um, we didn't really have any control over what was going on in the neighbors. When you have neighbors and they're on top of you, if the neighbors change, that it, it, it is what it is. Well, that that happens at an RV park on uh, on crack because they're moving daily or weekly or uh, you know, it's um it's very much you're up to your day really flows depending on what's going on around you for sure. So uh, that isn't our our ideal. We really like uh, where we found uh, where we're kind of a private spot. Uh, a lot of the hip camps that we stayed at were were private. Uh, we're back off on the backside of somebody's property, or even on a secondary property where we never even saw the landowner. Uh, basically, contacted them through email on the site. That was our choice. Boondocking out in uh, in federal land, out out west, um, on our way to Washington was fantastic. Uh, we have yet to stay in a major campground, have we? I mean, Uncle B's would be about the 
about the biggest. I don't think we've stayed in a campground campground other than that. Oh, the state park. Yeah, we stayed at a state park campground um, the first night. <laughs> Actually, the first night we left. So that uh, that was a, a while ago. The first night we left on one of our test journeys at that. So where you're going to stay, how you're going to stay. Um, one of the big things, and this isn't for everyone because not everyone has a partner they're going to do this with, but the biggest thing I think you really need to think about when you're doing this with someone is if you really can do it with someone. Um, you got to know your partner. You got to know your partner. You got to, you got to be comfortable with them. Um, I don't know any other way to put it than, man, you're really going to get to know them if you don't already. If you don't get along, if you have spats uh, quite often, if you um, if you enjoy your time at work and you like to bitch about your wife, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's for you. I uh, I always never I never understood those guys at work that uh, were so unhappy that they wanted to talk about their wife so so much when they were at work um but i we were we were kind of ideal to do this Corey and i get along very well um and we just figure our shit out when it comes to it you need to really look at your your living situation and understand that if you're you're moving into a tin can with someone you're going to be close. You're going to be on top of each other. It's a lot of life change. It's a lot of adjustment. Maybe go on a week-long trip in an RV and see what you think. Maybe rent one uh, and go for a ride for uh, for a week or a couple of weeks and see what you think of each other uh, a few days in, a week in, uh, living on top of each other. Maybe, maybe one of you gets sick or both of you get sick and you have to take care of each other uh, through that in a small space. If you've lived in a, a studio apartment with another person, it's close. It's close, but not really. I mean, in this situation, you um, you spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time together. So just evaluate whether your relationship can handle it. We did. Um, we, we realized that uh, we were okay with it. That... Um, <laughs> Jim says we were happily married. Then we got an RV. I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I, um, in those full-time RV groups, you, you would, you wouldn't guess how many people I see in comments and posts that were like, yeah, we have to get out of this uh, lifestyle because we can't deal with each other, um, or divorces or yeah, it's, it, it's scary. That is one of the, one of the things that scares me the most of people that launch, uh, that haven't talked to their, um, haven't talked to their, their significant other figured out if it's something that they can both handle or if they both want to do. Um, and I guess, I guess if they're not doing that, that's a sure sign that's probably not going to work. <laughs> I guess it all goes together, <laughs> but definitely, um, figuring out if your relationship can handle it. Um, one of the big considerations, and this kind of goes along with end goals, exit strategies, um, why you want to do it. Are you going to travel with everything you own? Or are you going to have a cash somewhere? Are you going to um, have a storage locker? Are you going to keep a bunch of stuff? 
uh, somewhere. Corey and I went back and forth on this a lot. We we considered um, trying to figure out how to house the four-wheeler um, and a bunch of farm equipment, things like that. Um, that was that was initially when I think we were going to go and immediately buy a property. As we realized that we were going to be traveling and as we started getting into the purging and the minimal, the minimalist lifestyle, the get rid of getting rid of stuff, we realized that it probably wasn't ideal to keep all that stuff. Where are we going to keep it? What if we don't need it after the fact? Let's just sell it. Let's get rid of it. If we need it again, we'll get it again. But I know plenty of people that are on the road. Uh, that I see that they have storage units. They ask, people ask, how much do you pay for your storage unit for your stuff? And I'm like, I don't, I mean, I can answer that. They weren't necessarily asking me, they were in groups and in posts. But I look at that and go, I don't, I don't, we have everything. We have everything. We figured it out. Um, and either way is fine. Either way is fine. Uh, if you are are in that transition mode, if you are going to a property and you want to have a head start on having your stuff, you're going, go put up a building, go get your stuff out of the storage locker. Storage lockers are, um, are, uh, are a tough deal. Um, you're paying to store your stuff. And at some point, you're going to pay more to store your stuff than the value of the stuff that you're storing. So don't forget about the locker. Don't uh, don't get sucked into that. Um, it would really suck to have a locker. You never go back ever again. Um, yeah, I paid for it and never went back because I think once you realize that you're living with less, when you start living with less, you realize you want less and you, you realize the power of that. But you really need to figure out if you're going to go all in if everything you own is going to go into that trailer and truck or vehicle or whatever setup you're going to have, or if you're going to uh, have some place to store uh, and, and keep a bunch of stuff behind. So that was something that you're going to want to look through. Um, healthcare. Speaking of not feeling well this morning, what are you going to do about healthcare? Do you have chronic, um, chronic healthcare problems? Do you have, um, do you have like monthly or weekly doctor's appointments you have to go to? Do you have prescriptions you have to get? Do you have animals or uh, if you have pets that have prescriptions or specialty food or things like that? Is that something that you can manage on the road? Is that something that um, is that something that you can um, can manage? I don't know. Uh, we don't necessarily knock on wood have that issue. Our our health is um, we try not to go to the doctor. Let's put it that way. Uh, and we're not on any on any maintenance prescriptions or anything like that where we'd have to get re prescript re prescribed um, or have to get to doctor's appointments. I haven't really looked into that part of it. And to tell you the truth, if it happened. I don't know what we would do. I think we would just have to figure it out as we went. But if that is something that you have to deal with already, it's something that you're going to want to um, to, to, to take care of. Rachel asked a question here, and I'll probably hit on it right now. Uh, kind of goes along with it is, um, do you consider yourselves preppers still? 
Um, yeah. Yeah. We've gone back and forth with this. I've struggled with this. I struggled with it, especially when um, when we were downsizing. Uh, Jim said prepping is a mindset as much as it is about piles of beans and bullets. Well, the prepper mindset really goes into stuff and having stuff for every situation. Um, I had that. <laughs> I had I had stuff for situations that would never happen that I could never get to. Um, but it was that mindset. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say I would say we're still preppers, though. We figured out a different way. We um, as far as food, we we went down a different route. Instead of having freezers full of food, we started um, um, experimenting with freeze dried food. Uh, we don't have a freeze dryer. Yeah, Rewilder Life said my food storage would be hard in a camper. And that's the big thing. Um, I think, I think food stores is tough. It's a lot of, it's gotta be light, um, mobile. We did do canned. We, do we still have the cache of canned stuff? It, yeah, it wasn't ideal. It wasn't ideal for sure. Um, it's weight, it's space. Uh, freeze dried is pretty much uh, the go-to, I think, for if you want to prep food-wise on the road. Um, the the thing that I realized is the the skills, the hard skills, the the experiences, the the network really comes into play when you're light, mobile, and agile. Um, making connections for locally sourced food where you're at. And it really helps when you, you kind of go into that hybrid method or hybrid mode, um, hybrid mode where we sit for a while, where we'll have properties. If you get into an area for a while and you start meeting people and letting them know how you can help them putting out, uh, putting out and helping people that you're in the area, you really run into a lot of uh, prepping by default where, hey, man, I, I know I, uh, I can help you if need be, if a shit hits the fan situation, um, if, um, if the, those personal emergencies happen, you build that community, but you have the skills to provide to help people, to, uh, to educate them, to be just a helping hand, to physically help them. Um, and it, it helps you feel better about it. I think, I think that, that, um, that side of it is, uh, is valuable, but as far as food stores, yeah, we're, we kind of, we kind of are down to freeze dried and local connections, I would think. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, prepping as far as um, emergencies, personal emergencies, uh, Corey just reminded me, I didn't even think about this stuff because it's so second nature at this point. We are set up that if anything happens to the trailer, we can survive on what we have in the truck for a while till we figure it out. And if something happened to the truck, we can survive in the trailer. So what I mean by that is we have... Um, I mean, obviously the trailer, we have pretty much everything we own, but in the truck, we keep, um, tent, we keep, uh, cooking sources, uh, cooking methods. We keep, we have food in the truck 
we have clothes in the truck. We have, um, you know, all of those survival things in the truck, but extrapolate it out for a few days, for a week until we figure out what's happening. Because if we're driving down the road and some asshole uh, runs into our camper and we can't stay in it, uh, we need someplace to go. And we're not going to be going to a hotel uh, with our three guys. Um, we don't, uh, we don't know. We like, uh, where do you go? So we, we set ourselves up with a big old tent. Um, and man, if we had to run out into the, if we had to run out into the woods and hang out, we could do it until we figure it out. Or we could go pitch a tent in somebody's backyard and not be a burden on them and use those network connections. Uh, Rachel said she'd love to do some freeze dried stuff, but it's expensive. Yeah. And we didn't have a freeze dryer. So ours is purchased. So there is that, uh, we used mountain house, uh, mountain house. Is that what it is? Uh, August and farms, uh, Amazon August and farms goes on sale quite a bit. <laughs> we were able to, I think, pick up, we had it on a watch list when it would go significantly on sale. We'd pick up a little. And since we knew we had this plan and since it took us like two years to actually launch uh, as we as we pseudo lived in it in the driveway, we were able to accumulate over time and pack in what we could uh, with the freeze dried food. So it was a long it was like copy canning, really, like watching on there, seeing what we wanted, what would benefit us. And when it went on sale, make a little purchase here and there. That's kind of how we stored up on the freeze dried and community members. Um, we reached out to them, some that have freeze dried, freeze dryers, and uh, worked out some deals with them for uh, for some some supplies. And yeah, it's uh, it's the most effective way when you're when you're in this lifestyle to to carry a lot of food. So that is that. So yes, I guess we do consider ourselves preppers still. <laughs> uh, Rachel says we have freeze dried eggs. We have freeze. We have stuff. Uh, yeah, we had a mouse getting our freeze dried eggs. <laughs> they really liked them. They took them all over the counter or all over the cupboard. Um, uh, ate a hole in the mylar bag. I don't know. I don't know what went down here. I would assume that a mylar bag would be pretty smell proof. Um, I don't know if when they were packaged, uh, there was some on the person's hands or I don't know. I don't know what happened, but uh, a mouse decided to chew a hole in the bag and they definitely got fat, I'm guessing, because they just ate it. It is like powder and they uh, they ran all over the counter or all over the cupboard with it and distributed it for sure. So, yeah, down one bag of eggs or maybe two. <laughs> yeah, mice, mice, uh, rodent control is uh, is is uh, amping up here <laughs> starting last night. Uh, with the colder weather, the the little critters are deciding they want to come inside where it's warm. So get to play with that. Get to play with that um, in the winter in an RV, just so you know, just like a house or a trailer or whatever. Uh, next on my list, healthcare um, costs. What uh, what can you afford? What uh, what are you doing it for? Are you doing it to save money? Um, what is your budget? Do you want to be making a, a trailer payment, a, a camper payment? Because during COVID, just so you know, uh, camper prices went through the roof. They were a little ridiculous before uh, for some of the higher end stuff. 
with um with covid hitting and everybody wanting to get outdoors because everything was closed uh good morning jack daniel Toredo. how we doing thanks uh for swinging in how's the you uh doing anything with your bitcoin that you uh, picked up on friday um anyway the the price went up on the campers and i saw yesterday and i, I didn't dive into the comments i just noticed uh the post and the amount of comments the post in one of the full-time rv groups was how many people here are upside down on their RV and want to get out of it? And I went, that sucks. That definitely sucks. Uh, being upside down on a house is one thing. Being upside down on an RV that's depreciating, that will never go up. Um, the, um, the, the housing market swings. The ability to improve your home to increase the value. All of those things kind of go out the window in an RV. Um, they have a shelf life, really. They And especially the lower um, the lower price level you get into, they really have a shelf life. Uh, and when you go to trade them in, you ain't gonna get shit for it. You might be able to to privately sell it, but I, um, I've seen some, some posts of people that are significantly upside down and they probably didn't go through these questions before they went and they realized they don't want to do it anymore. And now they're sitting with something that's more than their house payment um, that they can't get rid of and they don't have anywhere to go. It's a really shitty situation. Uh, we were fortunate enough to know up front that we wanted to pretty much retrofit anything we bought. So buying a super expensive RV and tearing it apart wasn't in our wheelhouse. Our budget didn't allow for it anyway, but um, we're lucky enough to own it outright. And we we gutted it, well, gutted it enough and uh, put in enough work to it that I don't. it wouldn't have made sense to buy something new and do that. If we had found something new in our price range that fit our needs, I, I, I can see it, maybe, maybe. Uh, but man, that really isn't our style. And it really didn't go along with um, of the transition we wanted to make uh, to a, a lower budget lifestyle. And um, yeah, so yeah, really think about the costs. Um, that's the equipment costs. You got to think about travel, um, the fuel to travel, the fuel to live. You're really, um, you're really at the whim of a say an RV park or someplace you're staying. Uh, luckily where we are, we, um, we are actually very lucky. We're, we just pay our electric bill here. So we have a meter. Uh, the electric is very, uh, very reasonably priced and we just pay the electric bill. Sometimes when you go to campgrounds, uh, things can get a little wonky. They can have like a set uh, electric fee. They could have an access fee. You could pay out the ass rate wise. Uh, if you're on your own property and you need electric and you don't have the money to, to run a pole or you don't have, um, you don't have access to power on your property, you're going to be using solar solar. Oh, you put it in and it's paid for. Yeah. Um, it's expensive to put in first of all. And second of all, there's maintenance to it. Eventually you're going to have to add batteries, replace batteries. Um, the more you spend, the less you have to replace, uh, short term, 
but it, it is a balancing act for sure. And then generator, you're going to run a generator, you're going to run fuel off that. Um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of costs, a lot of people, um, myself included, thought you could get away with it cheaper. I know we could get away with it cheaper. I know we could, um, depending on what you're willing to sacrifice. Um, a lot of what you're talking about having food security and redundancy in systems is similar to how my family homesteads in a dense suburban area. Yeah, for sure. Um, everybody does a little, everybody does a little and all pitches in. Um, it's a network effect. It's a network effect. I think. Uh, Rachel says, I need to, I need an all wheel drive work van and looks like I'll not be buying one. Yeah. Uh, expensive, huh? Expensive for sure. It's, um, stuff's gotten crazy. And I think people are going to really, you're going to really find some deals on some, some lightly used things, especially in this space, uh, because people don't know, uh, don't necessarily want to do it. It's easier when, when it's cheap and you want to try it out and you hate it and you can sell it for what you bought it for, or you're not into it too much, but man, you make this leap at this point and you are in it. You are in it for sure because getting out of it is going to cost you more definitely cost you more. Um, and then I, I think the, the, the big, uh, big thing is, have you ever lived in a small space? Really think about it when you're trying to decide, um, have you really functioned in a small space? We, uh, we did in our home, uh, in our farm home, we were actually remodeling a lot of it. Um, not as small as we are in the camper, but we did end up having like all of our stuff in one room, basically eh, three rooms, the kitchen, uh, a bedroom and a little living room, basically the size of a small apartment. <coughs> we functioned in that. Um, did we function in small of enough space with the dogs when the dogs weren't really full size yet? Uh, they grew into it. You ever watch Clifford where they get Clifford, the big red dog, and all of a sudden he's poking out of the house. That's kind of what it felt like with our boys. Um, they were big when we moved in here. They were big. They just kept getting bigger. <laughs> when you, when you have a, a year old puppy, that's, uh, that's as big as they are. You don't realize that they're going to still fill out. Um, and also we didn't, uh, we didn't plan for the fact that they were going to want to be on top of us, regardless of how much room we had. So I guess it doesn't matter if we were in a, in a mansion or in a camper, we would probably be dealing with the same, the same things, the same issues. So it's totally a network effect. Um, I don't raise animals, but have good relationships with local farms that do. Yes. And I think anybody should do that regardless. If you do raise animals, well, what happens if all your animals are gone all of a sudden? What happens if you uh, if you have to get rid of them? Build those relationships even when you can provide for yourself. And uh, it, it really comes in handy when you can't, when you can't for sure. So that's kind of what I had on my list, guys. Uh, I did have another thing here. If you uh, uh, can you survive with no signal? Corey, Corey brought that up because we we've gotten some places do you have activities? Can you can you survive without signal? I know a lot of people that listen to this are like, yeah, of course, I'll go read a book or play a game. 
Um, there's a lot of people that are digitally attached that would have anxiety without a signal. Um, I've I've really come to to accept it uh, and enjoy it when like I go out to, to Delinquents Gully, when I go to Tim's property and there's no signal. Um, I'm really starting to to reap the benefits of that when I'm there. And it might spill over into other parts of life as I see the the extreme benefits to it. So, but definitely, uh, definitely know that there's going to be places where you're not going to have signal. You're not going to um, have good signal if you're relying on like a campground Wi-Fi or cell phone signal. It can be really shoddy, even in places where you'd expect it to be good. So, that is something that's not stable. You're mobile and you're relying on other people and uh and outside forces to do that and that's a lot of everything in this decision is you have to really understand you give up a lot of control when you move into this lifestyle and for people that like me that uh, really need to let go of control a lot in their life it's a uh, it's it's uh, a benefit and a struggle so think about it think about it go back and look at the list if you're considering rv living full-time rv living uh, part-time rv living i'd be happy to talk to you you're more than welcome to go to the lotsproject.com and sign up for a free 30-minute chat uh, we can talk about anything that we talked about today or any other questions you have uh, regarding this lifestyle that we've kind of chosen to do and uh, plan on and doing in the in the near future for sure so uh, yeah we'll wrap that up We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode, 6 a.m. Central. If you'd like to participate in the live comments, you can always join the live recording Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. If You, you can find all the links to all my social media services I offer, recommended products, and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys. Get through this Tuesday and uh, we'll catch back up with you tomorrow.